On our last episode, we talked about why churches need to invest in online ministry. Today, we'll talk about why so many don't. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Technically Speaking Podcast, the podcast where ministry and technology meet. I'm your host, Jack Dodgen, and today I want to do a follow-up to the last episode where we discussed you know, why do churches need to invest in an online ministry. We talked about the uh, the low-risk, high-reward nature of it. We talked about the flexibility of it as a ministry. We talked about the uh, the lack of cost involved, and the, the lack of... Uh, really effort compared to a lot of other ministries and the potential that it has to reach and all of that. Uh, and I, I believe I teased at the end of that that we would discuss why a lot of churches don't. If if it's such a low-risk, high-reward thing, if it's so flexible, if it uh, doesn't cost much anything, why aren't more churches more heavily involved in online ministry? And so today I want to offer a few thoughts on why I think that is, and then give a little bit of uh, some some application towards the end. Uh, I suppose that this is specifically towards those that are ministers, though uh, there is, I think, application for everybody in these things. So here are and and three things, uh, like always. Uh, here I've I've got three uh, thoughts on why more churches don't invest the way they should in online ministry. And the first is this: they don't see its value. Uh, and that's that's not uncommon. When you consider uh, the uh, relationship between uh, maybe ministers and elders, or maybe you are a deacon who's interested, or, or a member who's interested in doing some more things online, and you take this to the leadership of the church, and they just don't get it. And that's, that's going to be a hard thing to accept and understand at first, but we've got to realize we're dealing with different generations of people. Uh, there was you know, one minister who said, who, who phrased things this way. You've got uh, the generation that I'm a part of uh, called millennials, though I don't know how much of that I'm actually a part of. Uh, but uh, you have that group of people who uh, is very, they're wanting to do as far as the church goes. Let me see if I can actually get this thought out of my head. They're wanting to do as far as the, as the church goes what's best for the church everywhere. They want to reach people regardless of whether those people ever walk into the building, those kinds of things. They want to do what's best for the church in a more global sense. Then you have the generation that's above us uh, and those ministers, and, and these are all generalizations, uh, that they're more concerned with brotherhood. They want to do, they want to do things with other churches. They want to do stuff for churches. They want to take care of their congregation where they are and those kinds of things. But it's they're not really thinking globally as much. It's more we want to do, or or they are, but it's limited to churches themselves and not necessarily people. That doesn't mean that they don't do mission trips or things like that. But a lot of their focus is on other churches and their church. 
Uh, and then you have the generation above that. This was another minister who falls in the, the second one uh, who, who suggested this. You have the, the older generation, so two generations above where I'm at, uh, that their concern is mostly their congregation. People coming in, people going out, people in their community coming into the congregation, uh, more about those numbers and those things. And that doesn't mean that they don't support other things, but that, that might be the extent of it, right? They'll send a check to help with mission stuff or they'll support missionaries. But that's really the extent of what they do outside of their own congregation. Uh, and I'm not saying that either of those things are bad or good or better or worse, but that there is this thought difference in people who are ministers in different generations. Uh, and that's okay, but it does present a barrier for conversation. And that barrier will come up when you're discussing things like technology ministry, because that's not something, first of all, uh, that two generations above us have that didn't even enter their mind. Okay, that wasn't really a thing uh, when they were growing up. The generation above us, they are understanding it. Some are getting on board and some don't really care uh, because they're kind of at that cutoff of not, you know, just a blooming thing uh, when they were growing up and all that. And and, then some of them are like, well, we can take it or leave it. The generation I grew up in, I've grown up with technology, internet, computers, all these things. And so it's always been a part of my life. And so I look at it naturally as a way to how can I use this thing that's a part of my life that I understand to try and reach other people. Uh, but explaining that, especially two generations removed, very difficult. Uh, one generation removed, it depends uh, on, on how that works. Uh, but a lot of the times the minister to elder, you're going to have probably two, gen in my case, two generations. Uh, I've got to uh, explain up two generations uh, of why this stuff's important, how it works, uh, and, and what the value is in it. Because that's the thing. You, you can't just expect people to accept that there's value in something. The reason you know it has value is because you've been a part of it. You've seen what the internet can do. Uh, you may have done things on the internet that you've, you've seen the fruit from that. But people who haven't seen that, who haven't grown up with it, who don't know those things, aren't going to know what value it has. And so you have to accept that, know that going into a conversation, and know that you have to explain to them and show them the value that it has. I think there are a lot of churches, and I think, I think most churches, honestly, this, this is the, the big reason why. They don't invest more in online ministry or even other ministries that they're not fully sure of because they just don't see the value, uh, which makes your role as somebody who does to be somebody who explains that value to them. Here is the second reason. The second and third reasons are uh, probably more 2A and 2B uh, than they are points 2 and 3 because uh, they're so closely connected. Uh, but here's what I have for this. I think they're very true and important to what we're talking about today. The first is this. A lot of churches don't invest in online ministry because they are afraid to change. Uh, there are a lot of churches who are doing things uh, the same way they've been doing them for a long time because when you get in that routine, it's easy. It's easy to budget for. It's easy to uh, click people into those slots because the plans have already been made, the process has already been nailed down, and so you just plug people into those things. And it's difficult for some leaderships or just some church bodies in general 
to pivot on what they've always done and add something else or replace something with something new, especially when, going back to our first point, they may not see the value in it. Uh, They may not have, they may not believe at the very least that they have the abilities to do uh, what requires of online ministry, and they uh, may just not understand uh, or they may they may see it as a waste of time uh, as a as a program on the whole. And so you have to understand that there are people who change is a a, a terrifying thing. Uh, you have to understand that as best you can. Change is scary to me sometimes, but I also acknowledge it's part of life. It's something that comes. That's not how everybody thinks. Uh, and we've we've got to realize that. I think the biggest problem with this whole thing is when talking to somebody about anything, don't go into it with your frame of mind. Try to imagine where the other party is. Uh, and that would solve a lot of our communication issues, I think. Uh, but we've got to acknowledge the other side that we're talking to may be terrified uh, of changing the way things are done because it might upset the, you know, might upset the apple cart, right? Uh, it might uh, cause issues. It might uh, make some members mad. It might... Uh, confuse some people. And so you've got to take all those things into account and realize that some churches may not adopt internet ministry because they're just afraid to do so. Or it could be, for our point 2B or point 3 here, some churches are just straight up unwilling to change the things that they're doing. Or maybe not change, uh, but unwilling to see any value uh, in internet stuff, uh, specifically, since that's what the, the show is about, but unwilling to see, no matter what numbers you give them, no matter what statistics you give them, no matter what uh, you show them on the subject, they may just be unwilling to accept uh, that it's anything more than a fad or that it has the ability to actually accomplish anything meaningful. And when you get into that scenario, I think you have to determine, you know, is this is this right for me then? Um, and, and this is more, uh, there's not a lot to say about the unwilling to change. Uh, when you get into the generational barrier, uh, that can sometimes happen where it's just impossible for both sides to to understand the other. And that does happen. Uh, and it's unfortunate when it does. Uh, we should be able to communicate better than that, but it doesn't always work that way. Uh, and so when that happens... Or, or with any of these things, how, how do we solve this problem? If you're at a place where the value is not seen, or maybe you're at a place where change is something that is uh, terrifying, or maybe uh, this change or this adopting of this new ministry that uh, I don't really understand is uh, something I'm unwilling to budge on, what, what do you do when you're in that scenario? Two thoughts here with this as far as application goes. This is a bit of a shorter show. Um Hopefully, that's a better thing, but we'll see here. Uh, But the first thing is explain the value and show that value to them. That could be statistics. Uh, Part of this is knowing your audience. Um, If you have elders who are very planned out, they like details, they like like spreadsheets, they like things on paper, then do that and show that and have it on paper, have it as a spreadsheet, have it spread out uh, all over a, a sheet of paper and explain it and say, look, this this is what it's capable of doing, this is what it's been doing, this is what it could do, 
and show them the value that way. Maybe your elders are not that way. Uh, the elders I have here where I work, uh, they, they realize that there is value to these things. They don't understand how it works. Those are their words. So we don't know how this stuff works. We know that it's valuable and we want you to, to do things with it uh, and tell us about those things. I brought up podcasting. Uh, before I started this, I said I was going to start a podcast talking about ministry and technology. And they said, that sounds great. What is a podcast? <laughs> Which uh, was, was really fun. And I love talking about that stuff. So I started going, well, you know, it's, it's radio online, on demand kind of a thing. Uh, but that's all they wanted. They didn't need, here's the big spreadsheet of everything. It was this is what I'm hoping to do online, and that was easy for me to do because they already saw the value in online stuff. I just needed to give them the the subject matter, what, what it was that I was going to be dealing with, uh, and clue them in on those things. That may be where you are. Show the value. Know who it is that you're talking to, and uh, you know if it's somebody who's detail-oriented, give them the details. If it's somebody who doesn't care about details but likes more abstract thoughts, why would internet ministry be important? Give them that abstract thought uh, and show them, you know, well, this is what it's capable of doing, the potential of it. And for that, for for some people, that vision, that kind of uh, larger picture thing is enough for them uh, to be swayed. So know who you're talking to, explain that vision, and show it to them uh, in the best way uh, you can as far as how they like to communicate. The second part is this. Uh, if somebody, if, if a group is willing, is, is afraid to change or just unwilling to see the value in it whatsoever, uh, you might need to consider how important is the online stuff to you. Um, I know uh, people who that is a big part of what they want to do in ministry. And as a result, you know, if, if they're asked not to do it or if they're an, an, a, unable to do it, uh, they look for employment somewhere else. Uh, and I don't know whether that's good, bad, or otherwise, um, but that's definitely something to consider uh, in those things. Uh, if you if you have a passion and a great belief that it actually is capable of doing what you think it, it's capable of doing, uh, then that may be the road that you have to consider. Not an easy one, but ultimately, if you know that that is what you should be doing, then you're, you might have to make some big decisions like that. Hopefully... And this is the, the third thing, and this goes with all of our points. No matter where it is that you are, whether you are just somebody who needs to explain the value or you're somebody who uh, is dealing with maybe a group where they're unwilling to see or they're afraid to change on, on the ministries that they're involved in and, and therefore don't want to add something like technology, be in prayer about those things. Pray that the communication would be better, that those barriers would be removed, and that uh, you would be able to explain as best you can how a technology can be used uh, for the betterment of uh, the gospel and the church and spreading those things to people all over uh, or in your community or in your local congregation. Uh, because as we talked about in the last episode, internet ministry is flexible. It is low risk, high reward, something very valuable and something capable of doing an incredible amount of good uh, and if you believe that as somebody who is involved in techni- technology and ministry, pray that you would be able to communicate that. Pray that the people you're communicating to would be able to receive that information and that you'd be able to do the things uh, that you know you should be doing. 
This has been the Technically Speaking podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the episode today. You can get a hold of me at jack at, well, I was going to say jack at strongchurch.org. Not yet. Uh, that email will be back soon. Uh, but jdaviddodgen at gmail.com uh, if you're interested in reaching out to me uh, to send me some requests as far as topics or comment about the show. You can always comment on Facebook as well uh, at our Strong Church Facebook page. Look forward to hearing from you. We'll see you next time.